The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Here I am with Jamie and Heath on this Monday afternoon to uh, discuss some, I don't know, controversial picks, and I'm going to make these guys justify it. I'm Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings are here. We're going to just go over some of the things that we did not, that Jamie and Heath and Dave did not talk about on Thursday. Thank you guys for stepping up. Jamie, thank you for filling in. How we doing? I went on Tron. You like it? Yeah, have you been? Not yet, no. (laughs) Oh, it's really fast. (laughs) It's it's really fast. I actually had somebody tweet me last week. I'm going to have to make sure... That I that I put the link of this episode. They actually tweeted me and said, "Would you please go ride Tron, and then talk about it on the podcast?" I need to know really how good it is. So you did it. Yeah, it was actually like Space Mountain better. I, I forgot how awesome Space Mountain was, but Tron is over really quickly. It's very short. It's fast in in two ways. You you just go from zero to sixty almost instantly. And it's pretty awesome. And you're, I've never, who has been in a roller coaster like that where you're basically on your stomach in a motorcycle. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, it was very fun. And uh, yeah, it, it, but it was very quick. That was my only, I guess, com- not even a complaint. Just the only thing bad about it is it's over before you know it. But it was awesome. So if you're in Orlando, check out Tron. Um, um, yeah. I do, I do like, though, that you are back in the studio. And Heath, uh, the last last week when Adam was in the studio, he was dressed in a button-down shirt, clean-shaven. I believe he was wearing makeup, too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no. 
Um, nope. Uh, you look like you were makeup. Um, now he's, he's back again. <laughs> As you well, see, a little dressed down. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a T-shirt. I, I put on my collared shirt. And it was really wrinkled. I was like, forget it. I'm just wearing a T-shirt. All right, listen. Uh, first thing I want to ask, Jamie, have we have we ever met? You drafted for me last week uh, with my name, which is a bit, you know, I let you do it. Big responsibility. Do you even know me? Joe Burrow in round three, one pick after Hurts, Mahomes, Allen. You gave me Burrow there. Heath criticized my pick, and I didn't even make it. And that's your fault. I can't believe you did that. Do you know? Do you know anything about me? Well, as I explained, um, I know you like Joe Burrow, and given that there was a run on quarterbacks, I didn't want you to miss out on you know getting a guy that you, I, I think, are fond of. So I was trying to do do justice by you. So I apologize if that's not the move that you would make. I, I would say, I mean, I think it's clear that Jamie doesn't know you as well as you know Jamie. He's not looked through the crack of the bathroom stall. <laughs> uh, you, you're a little more intimate knowledge of us than we do of you. That's true. I guess. I guess he has never seen my rankings. All right. Well, I would not have taken him there. I may have taken J- uh, Joe Burrow in the fourth round, but not in the third round. Uh, one thing to promote real quick, then we'll get into the news items here and we'll get into the justify it segment of the show. The UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus is down to the final four teams and two epic semifinal matchups. Defending champ. Real Madrid take on tournament favorite Manchester City in a rematch of last year's thrilling semifinal. Plus, it's a clash of Italian titans as uh, Inter squares off against AC Milan in a battle for city bragging rights. Find, find out which clubs will reach the ultimate goal in soccer's greatest yearly competition. Stream every Champions League semifinal match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Try it free at ParamountPlus.com slash live sports. And hopefully I did not butcher any of those soccer team names. News and notes. Uh, Chicago offensive coordinator Luke Getze said that Justin Fields is light years ahead of where he was going into the 2022 season. And one of the things he's been better at is, is his footwork. And that's something also is reading about Sam Howell and Washington being pretty high on Sam Howell in ESPN.com article about that. And he said, you know, the footwork was something that he had to learn, too. So it's not something that we probably see with our eyes when we're watching football, but it's a big part of the game and these young quarterbacks getting better there. So Justin Fields, light years ahead of where he was this time a year ago. I just thought it was interesting. Jamie didn't want me to bring this up. I'm going to bring it up. Lamar Jackson, he said they asked why he made his trade uh, request, why he demanded a trade. He said it was just a negotiating ploy. He did it just to get the ball moving, basically, on the contract. So. That all's well that ends well. Sounds like he acted like he was his own agent. Yeah, did pretty well for himself. <laughs> he did a lot, lot of lot of agents, according to reports, very praiseworthy of the job Lamar Jackson did for himself. Nice. Uh, Nick Cosmiter of the Athletic covers the Broncos. He thinks that uh, Heath. What do you make of this? Denver head coach Sean Payton will have a very specific role for rookie wide receiver Marvin Mims, even if it's not a high volume role. What does that suggest to you? Um, that the Broncos traded up into the second round to draft a wide receiver that they thought was good. And that like, he, I, I, I think it, what, he will have a role, even if he doesn't earn a large volume role, maybe is the way to look at it. I, I didn't take okay. it as he can't, he won't have a high volume role, but if Sutton and Judy remain the one and two, they have something specific that they have for Mims to do. Maybe the KJ Hamler role, which KJ Hamler was hardly on the field enough to say exactly what his role was. But I would think the deep ball specialist. Yeah, Mims did not get drafted in the <clears throat> excuse me in the draft that we did last week. Uh, but Cortland Sutton was uh, Shafey T. Thomas Schaefer picked him in round eleven. 
Jamie, that was, I thought, pretty late for Sutton. I wasn't expecting him to go 124th overall. What did you think of that? It's great value. You know, and, and look, it's the first draft we did post-NFL draft. So, you know, it was, you know, I think a lot of people still just processing information and trying to figure out, okay, where some of these guys fit. And, you know, for a player like Sutton and, and factoring in Russell Wilson, the negative side, also you have to factor in Sean Payton, the positive side, you know, just what changes are going to take place in Denver. Uh, not to go down this this path again about what Marvin Mims will do to impact the Broncos guys, but I do think that it is going to impact these guys in some way, whether it's Judy Sutton, Dolchich, you know, Patrick, whoever it's gonna, you know, hurt, it's gonna hurt. Um, but also I think, you know, from from Sean Payton's perspective, he signed a pretty significant contract to be there. And so whether this is a 2023 draft pick or a 2024 draft pick, you know, essentially where they're gonna have him play a bigger role next year. You know, that could just be something that you're looking at. But, yeah, for Sutton in round 11, that's just, you know, great value for somebody who probably playing for a new deal, you know, may still be auditioning for a new team. If they're out of it, you know, by the trade deadline, he could be shipped to another team, you know, midseason. So we still could see that in play as well. So, uh, but, yeah, I think Sutton is is still in play for fantasy managers as a number three receiver. To get him that late probably as a four or five is pretty good. We uh, There was one more piece of Justin Fields news as well, Adam. He – I believe received his uh, degree from the Ohio State University. Nice. Hey, congratulations! Uh, a couple other rookie items here: Josh Downs, UNC wide receiver, uh, now with the Colts. He had a great rookie camp, according to Kevin Bowen of one oh ten seventy five ten seventy five. The fan. Uh, Josh Downs had a great rookie camp, and Sean McVay said that rookie running back Zach Evans has a nice skill set that complements Cam Akers. Um, Okay, and the Jets sign Randall Cobb, and they are apparently going to keep Corey Davis on the team. Heath Garrett Wilson went in the middle of round two in the draft last week. Was that too early? It was before the Randall Cobb news, which, of course, has no effect. But it was also before the the news about Corey Davis staying on the team. He's got that size that I guess Robert Sala wants on the squad. Uh, so Garrett Wilson went 18th overall, one pick before Amonra St. Brown and a bunch of running backs. Yeah, I can't take him ahead of Amon Ray St. Brown or A.J. Brown. I wouldn't take him ahead of T. Higgins or Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. I've got Garrett Wilson at 24th. I think he has the upside to justify that pick. I think he has the upside to be worth a first-round pick this year. But I, I, I'm just enough nervous about where the Aaron Rodgers targets are going to go and the, I don't know, 15%, 20% chance that this is just a complete disaster. Okay. Let's uh, let's play justify it. I looked at some some picks, some trends, sort of in this draft, and gonna make you guys justify it, even if you didn't make the picks. But first things first, let's talk about the Dolphins' passing game. So Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, both top twenty-four picks. Hill goes seventh overall. Jalen Waddle goes twenty-second overall. Tua Tungavailoa went one hundred and fourteenth overall. So justify, Jamie. Uh, and honestly, he was QB 10, but he was so far back. He was 40 picks after QB 9, which was Trevor Lawrence. Um, justify believing in Hill and Waddle, but being so concerned about Tua's injuries, basically, and not and not knocking the wide receivers. Well, I, I think the um, – first off, you know, once you get past and, – and, and we'll probably see this even in non – you know, fantasy analyst drafts, you know, the, the, the second and third tier quarterbacks are going to fall, you know? So once you get past, I think the, the top six, probably, you know, with, uh, 
you know, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields being four, five, and six in some order behind Mahomes, Allen, and, and Hertz. Then I think that next, you know, group you could say Lawrence Richardson. So I, I think you know, Tua is going to go anywhere between probably ten and fifteen, depending on how you view him at quarterback. So he's going to definitely go later than the run on quarterbacks. So factor that into the equation. But I, I think you know, you're you're hoping that he's going to stay healthy. There's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy. So you know, if he does stay healthy then this is another incredible steal in this draft, you know, in any draft where he's going to go. But if he does get hurt, you know, that's kind of where you're, okay, did I make a huge mistake? Now, as I said, when we recap this draft that, you know, Dave was talking about taking Jalen Waddle, that the the backup play last year, you know, he had Teddy Bridgewater in and out because of injuries. And Skylar Thompson, I just don't know if he was ready for the job. Hopefully Mike White is better than both those guys. And if that's the case, then you get still great production from Tyreek Hill, but hopefully great production from, from Jalen Waddle as well. So maybe the backup situation is just a little bit better. But, I mean, clearly you have to hope that Tua is is playing at, at what was his peak last year, or pretty close to it, to uh, keep those guys afloat to where the level of the, where they're being drafted at. Yeah, what do you think, Heath? I mean, should we be should we be fading those two Dolphins receivers with the idea that they have... I mean, I don't believe we should because I don't think Tua is necessarily injury prone um but that depends how you you know how people view injuries but what do you think i was gonna say that it was a good thing that you gave that one to jamie to justify because i have two a qb8 ahead of trevor lawrence so i think, <laughs> I think, I think the problem is there that two is going too late okay okay uh let's justify this one jamie this was your pick cd lamb ahead of Devonte adams adams had scored 34 more points two more points per game then C.D. Lamb, they both played 17 games. Lamb did have seven more catches, but more targets, more yards, more touchdowns for Devontae Adams. You made this pick in the second round. Justify it. Lamb ahead of Adams. Yeah, I have it ranked that way, so I, I wasn't you know, concerned about the, the pick. But I, I'm leaning toward youth. I'm leaning toward I, I still have a better quarterback. Um, maybe situation is not as good just because of, of what Mike McCarthy said, that they're not going to throw as much. But I, I do think, again, as I, as I explained, that McCarthy tried to walk that back after the first time he said it. So... Um, I think both these guys are going to lead their team in targets. I think both their guys are going to be, you know, absolute superstars. It's just a matter of, you know, one guy is, you know, 30 plus. One guy is, you know, entering his prime, entering, you know, contract situation as they just picked up his fifth year option, you know, so, or, or uh, I believe they did. Um, but I, I think yeah, they Lamb is, is, uh, is, is got the ability to be not to the level of what Devontae Adams was at his best, but, you know, in that next tier where I think Adams is going to start to fade a little bit. So this is one where, you know, one guy on the rise, I think one guy on the decline. Not that he's going to decline to the point where he can't be a, a still great fantasy option because I do think he's worth taking in the second round. But I think C.D. Lamb's uh, trajectory is a little bit better for me than where Adams is right now. Yeah, I've got Adams just slightly ahead in the projections, but I have Lamb higher as well. I'd prefer to draft Lamb. It's the age thing. And I do think, like, I think Lamb was at a 28% target share last year. I wouldn't be surprised with McCarthy fully taking over the offense if that goes over 30% for Lamb this year in terms of target share. Yeah, but I guess the counter would be Brandon Cooks is more target competition than Dalton Schultz because uh, uh, I think Schultz was second on the team in receiving last year. It is no, I, I I don't know that that's true, but right. I mean Schultz was second on the team in receiving, and I, I know what he I'm might. Saying yeah. is I think that that's you have to. Exp- I don't like to expect bounce backs from receivers that are Brandon Cooks' age. We've talked about that before. Yeah, um, and he he was not particularly good last year. I think Nico Collins is better than him last year. I, I think also, though, you, you look at it, there, there probably is more target competition in Dallas because they are talking up Michael Gallup again. 
you know, for whatever that's worth, but a year removed from his ACL tear. We'll see what they get out of their tight end position, you know, whether it's going to be Ferguson or, or Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker, right? Um, the rookie that they they drafted. Um, yeah. You know, and and still maybe Jalen Tolbert has has a role. Obviously, again, Brandon Cooks is there. So there's there's moving parts in Dallas, plus you have, you know, a different running game, you know, just without Zeke there. So will they put more on Tony Pollard? Or as, you know, McCarthy said, it's just about, you know, how the ball is just distributed differently. You know, is it more in the passing game, short area throws, as opposed to, you know, some of those inside runs that they were doing? You know, who knows? It's all going to be split up. But I, I, I think, you know, if you just want to break it down as simple as you can, both of the alphas on their team, for me, it's age. And the other part of it is quarterback. And Dak Prescott is a, a, a much better scenario for Adam, for, uh, for Lamb than Garoppolo is for Adams. All right, let's justify where the quarterbacks were drafted. The first four, well, I mean the first three. You know, Jamie uh, just didn't know anything about me and drafted Joe Burrow a little bit earlier than I would have. But at least those first three in the middle of round three, Jalen Hurts, 29, Patrick Mahomes, 30. If you would have taken him in round four, it would have been like five picks apart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I would have gotten a, you know, who did I take in round four for, who did you take for me? Aaron Jones. The end of round three is basically the beginning of round four. Right. And as he said, <laughs> if we had done it differently, he thinks Aaron Jones should be around three picks. So <laughs> I don't know who I would have taken if not Burrow there. I probably would have taken DeAndre Hopkins, um, in round three. He went, uh, before the ne- my next pick in round four, he went 37th overall anyway. Uh, so Hertz 29, Mahomes 30. Allen 32, Burrow 33. Let's just assume it was those top three. And you guys already discussed the order of it on Thursday's show. But I thought we were on round two with these guys. I thought they were going to be round two picks. I feel like they were. I was trying to look it up. I couldn't do it. I feel like they were round two picks in our post-free agency mock draft. Um, Maybe I'm wrong about that. Not all. No? No, just the three of them. No. Okay. One or two got into it, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm still surprised that, that they made it to 29 overall. So you're talking about, you know, over Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and Jalen Waddell, Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, uh, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave. That was Dave's pick at 27. Ramondre Stevenson. All these guys were taken before those quarterbacks. So justify it, Heath. Why didn't these guys go in round two? They're, they're studs and they're proven studs. Because they are all so three so close together. That if you are in the second half of round two, you can feel pretty comfortable. One of those guys is going to be there early in round three. Um, so you take your favorite running back or your wide receiver, and then you just if, – if two of them get taken, you take whichever of the threes left. But it would be different, and I think people viewed this way last year, that Josh Allen was kind of in a tier of his own, and then it was Mahomes and the rest of the guys because Allen had been QB1 two years in a row. Um, but I think right now we view Hurts, Mahomes, Allen in whatever order you want to put them in as a, a real top tier. And so if you're at the end of round two and all three of them are still there, there's no reason to take one until round three. Is that how you saw it, Jamie? I mean, I, I have a different view of this because I'm not going to be all of a sudden rushing to take one of these quarterbacks. That's just not the way I'm going to draft. And, and I know last year was a little different in terms of only four guys going over 25 points per game with the guy that you took fourth being the low one at, at 25, but you know, Burrow, Allen, Hertz, and, and Mahomes averaging 25 plus um, with the other three closer to 30, clearly. But um, I, I think we're going to get a bounce back season from the position. And so I think you have Lamar Jackson in this incredible situation now has a chance to be 25 plus. I think Justin Fields with what he's going to do with his legs has a chance to be 25 plus. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take a huge leap. He has a chance to be 25 plus. Um, and then maybe you get the, the, the one that we're, I don't want to say not expecting, but, you know, maybe not counting on it, at least me not counting on it, 
you know, an Anthony Richardson or a Tua staying healthy or one of these type of guys, you know, that has that type of leap. And so for me, I'm going to wait. So no, I would not draft these guys in round two. I do think though, if you're at the back end of round two, and, and clearly again, as, as we've said many a time over the years on the show, that if you know you're not getting these players back and clearly you're not going to get a quarterback of that caliber at the four five swing, as opposed to the two, three swing, and you just don't love anybody there, then you should pull the trigger on it. You know, so uh, round three is where I have these guys ranked. You know, I, again, I'll probably be one of the lower people in the industry on it, but I, I'm I'm still fine with it. I think again, the position will get not watered down to where the talent pool is a little bit more equal, but uh, we will get probably as we saw two years ago. You know, more guys in that 25 plus range than we saw last year. Anthony Richardson. I know you guys talked about it on Thursday, but. That draft pick that was bonkers. That was completely bonkers. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, I, don't, I, I mean, just how. I don't. Uh, he, so he went ahead of Justin Herbert. He went two picks ahead of Justin Herbert. Right. Went ahead of Trevor Lawrence. He not Lamar Jackson though, right? No, no. Okay, no. He went around after that, but I don't think yeah. He so he went sixtieth. I don't think he went ahead of anybody that has more upside than him. I mean, you don't think when I mean, Justin Herbert was QB two in twenty twenty one, or maybe he's QB three. I think he was QB two, right? I mean, how can we not say that Justin Herbert is more upside than Anthony Richardson? Wasn't that a different? Wasn't that the down year for quarterback scoring at the top? No, last year was the down year for quarterback scoring. Well, no, they were around thirty. The guys at the top. It was down for the for the bottom half of the top twelve last year. Uh, last, year. last year, yeah. Let's see, twenty twenty one. Last year, the fifth quarterback in total points averaged twenty points per game. Yeah, the okay. Herbert averaged twenty six point two points per game. He threw thirty eight touchdowns. So that's He's about sw- that's about eighty five percent of what Mahomes, Allen, Lamar have Hurts have shown the ability to do, or maybe ninety percent of Hurts. <laughs> right, but I mean, I think they have a big difference, and I think Richardson has the thirty point upside. I don't know. I mean, okay, but in twenty twenty, Aaron Rodgers averaged twenty nine point nine points per game. Yep. You know, I. You know, the, the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes seasons from what, five, five and six years ago or four and five years ago. Sorry, whatever it was. I don't think we can expect that from anyone. Right. Lamar Jackson did it in 2019, 32.5 fantasy points. 2018, Patrick Mahomes is 32.2 fantasy points. We're not really expecting that. I mean, I understand that they, they've done that before, but I can't really sit there and say that's their upside. That's probably going to be their best season. Well, yeah, but, but I just 29 last year. Um, yeah, but okay, fine. So 20, right. That's fine. So will you think that Richardson can get to 29? Mahomes threw 41 touchdowns. Like, I, I just don't see how Richardson is more upside than Justin Herbert in a six point per passing touchdown league. It's, there's more to quarter. There's more to the fantasy quarterback play than rushing. You know, I think, I think this, but it, it's, if you're just using the word upside, Richardson has more upside because if he does, throw for 3,500 yards and runs for a thousand yards, which would be amazing. And yeah, probably, you know, hard to, hard to expect <laughs> yeah. but as, as we see, you know, these guys continue to evolve, you know, again, what did, what did fields have last year? 2,200 and, and, you know, 1100 rushing, you know, so you start to maybe scale back one of the two numbers, you know, from what I said, 35 and a thousand, you know, so let's say it's 3000 and, and, and a, and a thousand, you know, is that crazy? Okay, I, I guess I'd have to do math now. But if if somebody wants to do this, three thousand and a thousand, how does that compare to five thousand passing yards and 
350 rushing yards. Because that's definitely within Herbert's upside. And then it's going to come down to touchdowns and interceptions. And Herbert's going to smash Richardson there. And I just, I don't know. I I, I can't. I, just for a guy who's such a raw prospect who had the you know a fifty three percent completion rate for him to come in and and be a great quarterback and very likely his floor is his most likely outcome are way behind Herbert's. But 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 even to take that word though to be a great quarterback, I think he just has to be a great fantasy player, you know, because he could yeah. still be a fifty percent completion guy and still get to those numbers, you know, as, as ugly as it may look at times, you know, because Field struggled as a passer and still was great as a rusher, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have elite talent around him, um, but he does have the right coach. You know, a guy that just got an MVP caliber season out of Jalen Hurts and Shane Steichen. And I, I I think this just like I would take Herbert personally. I think Heath would as well. You know, but yeah. um, it's just yeah. a matter of when when you when you have to attach the word to something and you're attaching the word upside to it. If he hits all of those check marks, which is unrealistic, you know, you just have to factor that in. But if he does, you know, if he does have that Lamar Jackson second season performance if he does have that Patrick Mahomes first year starting season performance you know those things are are anomalies for a reason but if they do happen then you're going to be thrilled about it so you know I understand what Jacob Gibbs was doing when he drafted him again picking on an end and not having the opportunity to probably get him coming back you know that's a gamble um but you know I think I think Lawrence <laughs> has more upside I think Herbert has more upside you know so I would I would take those guys but it's a matter of if you if you think that player forget about who it is has that type of ability, then you got to buy into it and just hope it's going to hit. And at the position that we're talking about, there's so many good fallback options, especially if you know who you're drafting with. And Jacob knows that we're not all going to take two quarterbacks. So are, are there that many good fallback options though? Cause there yes. weren't last year. Yeah. Well, okay. you say that though, but J- Jared Goff was, was a good fallback option. Geno Smith was a good fallback option. Great. You're talking about when you're, when you're talking about relative no. to the position, there were five guys that were over there, are four guys that were over 25 points per game. So four people in your league were, were playing at a different, level than everybody else everybody else is playing from that other pool and while the averages for the season are a little different you know justin fields had that six seven game stretch where he was 25 plus you know geno smith had that stretch where he was over 25 jared goff had a stretch where he was hot you know so it's just a matter of you can do it at the right time and still be successful yeah but you know but you like you can say that you can make that optimistic case but you know that it was a bad year for quarterbacks it absolutely was a bad year for quarterbacks but but they were all bad, as we were saying. They were they were all bad. So it, it wasn't you know if you were streaming no, a quarterback, argument, you weren't. The, the question you asked was was there a fallback option, and well, we just have to look how they compared to the quarterbacks last year, and Tua, Geno Smith, um, Lawrence. Like there were lots of guys who ended up finishing as low end starting quarterbacks who were drafted in the double digit rounds. Yeah, I know, but but they didn't really help you win a fantasy league. And they helped if you, you win a lot more than Justin Herbert did. Yeah, Justin Herbert was a bust, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, I, have, I, I, have it, I have it in front of me because I wrote this for the first bust column. So uh, Fields was the number six quarterback of points per game. His ADP on CBS was around 12. Tua's ADP was around 11. He was the number seven quarterback at points per game. Now, again, you're talking low points per game 21.1 for Fields, 20.1 right. for, for Tua. Geno Smith finished eighth in points per game at 20.4, was not drafted. Jared Goff, I'm assuming, was in a similar range. I don't know if I have that in front of me. Uh, no, I don't. You know, so. Um, yeah, okay. Honestly, this is like saying, that, Jamie, this is like saying I drafted Kyle Pitts, who was a huge bust at tight end, but I streamed Tyler Higby, who was tight end six per game. I streamed, uh, actually, no, that's overall. Uh, I streamed Tyler Higby. I streamed Evan Ingram. I streamed 
David Njoku, tight end nine per game. I right, streamed but, Pat but Farmer. You're, you're, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're, I, I, and you're, you're 100% right. You know, it, it's a matter of how your roster build also comes into play here. So, you know, you took Kyle Pitts in the third round last year, and, you know, him busting. Justin Herbert was probably a great example, comparable, you know, because he was drafted probably early, especially based on, you know, ADP from, you know, most drafts. When those guys bust, it's hard to recover from that, you know, but at this position, you know, when you're talking about if Jacob hits on his first five picks, right? And Jacob's a smart fantasy player. So, you know, let's assume that that's the case. He whiffs in round six on, on Anthony Richardson, but the rest of his draft is good. And now he's playing with Geno Smith or Daniel Jones or, you know, Jared Goff or one of these other guys and still getting to that 20 point number on average or maybe 22, 23, you know, on, on a good week and 18 or so on a bad week. If the rest of his roster is fine, then it's okay. But if Richardson hits, then he's in a great spot, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a matter of cost too. I would say that most hardly anyone is going to hit on all four of their first of their first four picks. That's yeah. just like go back and look at a fantasy draft. Just rarely happens. But OK, that's fine. Uh, final question. here, just give me real quick. He took Richardson 60th overall. His next pick was 61. So but after that, his next pick, uh, Jacob Gibbs next pick was 84. So Trevor Lawrence went 74th. And this is like I referenced this earlier with Tua. And then 40 picks later, Tua went. So this, so Jacob's next pick, 84 and 85, he took Khalil Herbert and James Cook. That was during this big gap where no quarterbacks were taken. If he didn't take Richardson at 60, do you think Richardson would have been there at 84, 85? I don't know. I do, yes. I, I, I think he would have. It, yeah, I okay. think it would have been close. And I, like, I think it might, he, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't bet on it either way. All right, guys, let's take a break here. Justify it. We got to pay the bills. Let's take a break here, and we'll come back. We'll talk about Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, Mike Williams. I got a lot more here, so we'll go a little rapid fire. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Also, your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's coming up at the end of the show. Stick around. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. All right, justify it. Jameer Gibbs in round four, ahead of Damian Pierce, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. Jameer Gibbs in round four PPR ahead of Damian Pierce, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. Heath, justify it. Um, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> would you have done that? No, I would not. Um, the justification, though, would be that DeAndre <laughs> Swift's role has been 
a top 15 worthy in fantasy football when he's been able to stay healthy. And we have reason to believe that Jameer Gibbs is better as a pass catcher already than DeAndre Swift is in the NFL. And the Lions just spent an insane amount of draft capital to take Gibbs, which should indicate that they're going to use him a lot. So if Gibbs could have Swift's role and stay healthy and be more efficient as a pass catcher, he's worth a fourth-round pick. I don't know if I asked you this yet, Jamie, but this reminds me, this Montgomery-Gibbs thing reminds me a little bit of James Robinson, Travis Etienne from last year. And you were the high guy on Etienne going into fantasy drafts. Um, obviously, it, we needed Robinson to get traded, but it just seemed like they eventually wanted to transition to Etienne. Uh, do you see similarities? Uh, what similarities do you see, or how similar do you think these two situations are? Uh, Lions this year, Jaguars last year. The only thing I would say it's not similar is because there's a new co- there was a new coaching staff coming into Jacksonville that inherited that duo, and they also didn't have the luxury of seeing Travis Etienne play the year before. So that's, I think, somewhat, you know, comparable as, you know, NFL, NFL, because, you know, Gibbs is coming into his rookie season. But um, I could see a transition where, you know, Gibbs takes over everything, you know, or, or a good chunk of everything, not because of a trade, but just because he's a more explosive player than, than David Montgomery. But I, I think the Lions want to have a better version of what they had last year, you know, and I, I think they, they went about trying to accomplish that, you know, and so. They feel like David Montgomery is an upgrade over Jamal Williams, who they loved. I mean, you know, I, I think as a player and as a locker room presence, they loved Jamal Williams, and I think they were sad to see him go. There were reports about trying to resign him, you know. So had he been maybe a little bit cheaper uh, than, than Montgomery and what he was asking for, I don't know what, the, what those numbers were uh, behind the scenes. But I, I think Montgomery is just a, a, a hopefully, for, in their minds, a younger version of it, and Jameer Gibbs is a healthier version of what DeAndre Swift could be. So – the thing that makes me a little bit nervous about Jameer Gibbs is everybody from our perspective, fantasy perspective, you know, I, I haven't heard a lot of this from an NFL perspective is, Oh, his catches in college were so impressive. He led Alabama in receptions. The last time we had a first round running back who was so good as a pass catcher. You remember who it was? Yeah. It's Clyde. Clyde. Clyde Edwards Edwards yeah. Who was 55 catches on that LSU offense. And granted, it was different because everybody was catching passes on LSU offense, so it's not 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 the same. But um, that we're getting too a little bit enamored by what he can do as a pass catcher. He obviously can catch the football. There's no doubt about that. And he and I'm not saying he's comparable to Clyde. I'm just talking situation. So I just a little bit concerned that the Lions they got him at 12. They said they would have taken him at six. There's still a, a proven commodity in this backfield that may get all the touchdowns may not have the pass catching role that should be Gibbs, but they tried to do that with Swift last year. And while he averaged 5.5 yards per carry and was explosive and did all those things, and I know health matters here, but he just didn't you know, necessarily do it when he was on the field consistently week in, week out. So uh, Gibbs in round four, I don't mind it. Uh, I'm always going to lean toward the younger player that has the more upside, and I think he does. And, and we discussed this, that Joe Mixon, if he stays on the Bengals, is not going in round four. You know, that's, There's right. no way that's happening in fantasy. Round five um, he went, yeah. And, and maybe the same for Dalvin Cook. The Pierce thing is a little bit interesting in this format because while I, I think we all agree he's going to be the lead running back ahead of Devin Singletary and he should get the majority of touches, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a significant pass-catching role here. That doesn't mean that he's not going to lose enough touches by comparison to where he was a year ago because I do think Singletary is a much better number two running back than what they had last year. And there's also a guy that the, the, the same, I think, concerns have to carry over even to a sophomore season that 
He did not hold up after being a full-time guy. He was not a full-time guy at Florida in his collegiate career. So can he do it over the course of a full season? So I don't mind Gibbs ahead of him. I would still take Pierce, but um, that's the one really that I think you can make a case for. All right, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco because you guys did this draft basically as or not long after Jarek McKinnon re-signed with the Chiefs. The new, at least uh, the news that happened, yes, that he was re-signed. Yeah, so, uh, so Pacheco went in round five, 55th overall. Round five actually had a lot of running backs. It was the three we just talked about, Pierce, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and then you had three non-running backs, and then Isaiah Pacheco went. Justify it. Pacheco with his 13 catches last year. Going ahead of Rashad White, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, and Javante Williams. Heath, you want to justify this one? Isaiah Pacheco, 55th overall, ahead of Rashad White, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, and Javante Williams. No, I think the justification would be it's a non-PPR league, Um, and it was not. I would put Pacheco (laughs) around round seven. I think I have him at RB29-ish or 30-ish right now. Um, I think that they're – like. I don't want to completely say that he doesn't have a chance to earn a larger role in the passing game in his second year. He might do that, but it should be the expectation that he's going to be sharing work on early downs and at least sharing work on passing downs. And the Chiefs don't have a history since Patrick Mahomes got there of just handing the ball off to the same running back 15 times from inside the five-yard line to get him a lot of rushing touchdowns. So I, I think Pacheco is a flex unless he really does some things in camp and takes that passing game role that they brought McKinnon back for. How big of a deal was the re-signing of Jarek McKinnon, Jamie? I don't think it was a big deal because this is something I think that they've talked about and it was kind of expected. You know, the, the thing that where I think you got to be excited about Pacheco, and, and I, I generally agree with Heath, but I, I think the thing we got to be excited about Pacheco is this is a very, very raw receiving core right now. You know, there, there's just so many ifs, and they could be huge ifs from a potential standpoint. If Kadarius Tony plays a full season, if Sky Moore takes a huge step, you know, if Rishi Rice is or Raji Rice, however you say, it, um, you know, becomes you yeah. know a, a rookie sensation. Uh, clearly, right now, it's Travis Kelsey and a lot of backup, backup, backup singers. You know, so. Um, there, there's a lot of moving parts for a team that just won the Super Bowl. And, and granted, it was not that different from a year ago, but they did have Michael Hardman for the majority of the, or, or the majority of the first half of the season. They had Juju Smith-Schuster for the majority of the season. Those are proven commodities. So maybe they do run the ball a little bit more to try and, let's say, get to November, December, January. So the early part of the season, we could see that. And I think Heath alluded to this um, when we were breaking this draft down that, you know, McKinnon is 31. And is he going to handle a heavy workload, even in the passing game, early in the season to make sure he's fresh for November, December, and January, you know? So um, I don't think Clyde's going to be that much of a factor. I think they love what they have in Pacheco and and the draft kind of told us that. So maybe there are a few more opportunities. Maybe there is a few more opportunities in the passing game. So for me, I would start to look at him in round six. I I do think round five is a little bit too rich, but you know, again, if you have a feeling on somebody, he is right now in pencil, one of their top offensive players. And so to say you're getting one of the top offensive players for the Chiefs, that's not a bad place to be knowing how creative this offense has been and should continue to be. That's uh, Isaiah Pacheco in round five before Rashad White, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, and Javante Williams. All right, let's speed it up. Are you ready for super fast? Justify it. All right, applause sign. Okay, Mike Williams, 69th overall. I know they drafted Quentin Johnston. 
justify this. Heath, this is a guy two years ago when Justin Herbert was good, when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were healthy, he was wide receiver 18 per game. Now he's barely a sixth round pick toward the end of round six. Mike Williams, 69th overall in between two Steelers, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I think this is just a little bit higher than I have Williams, but I am right in this range. He needs to go this high because he does have that upside to be a top 20 wide receiver, but he needs to go this low because there's enough concerns with the change in offensive coordinator and the draft selection of Quinton Johnston that his target share could be impacted from last year. So he is a boom or bust number three wide receiver. And would you take the Steelers guys or Mike Williams? In full PPR, I have the Steelers higher. Jamie, Steelers guys or Mike Williams? I still have Mike Williams higher. You know, I'll, I'll see <clears throat> what happens come August, but I still think Quentin Johnson has a lot to prove to, keep, to take Mike Williams off the field. All right. Next up, Jamie, justify it. Jordan Addison in round seven ahead of Tyler Lockett. Michael Pittman, that one maybe surprised me a little bit. He fell pretty far, Michael Pittman, into round seven. And Brandon Cooks. So Jordan Addison ahead of Tyler Lockett, Michael Pittman, and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I know with all the uh, the conversation, and we, we we let off the show talking about this. We even talked to Joe P.C.P. on the other show that you missed about you know Justin Jefferson slipping from the number one spot. There's a lot of expectations for Jordan Addison right now, and you know I I think he's a super talented player. I think he's going to make a significant impact, but you know is he going to command that much more from a target perspective than what Adam Thielen had? He had 107 targets to be second on the team, and so no, I don't think this is the right spot for Jordan Addison. I think as we you know see the typical route for the rookie wide receivers to have success, most of them come in and eventually become the number one guy. He's not going to become the number one guy. He might not even be second on the team in targets if TJ Hawkinson continues to command a significant amount based on what he did last year. And so some people think even KJ Osborne might have, you know, the first half of the season better situation than, than Jordan Addison. We'll see. I think he's the second best receiver in Minnesota, second best pass catcher in Minnesota. I think, you know, round maybe eight, Preferably round nine is where I'd like to take a chance on him, but I just don't see him a impacting Justin Jefferson to the level that should knock him off the top spot and B taking ahead of those guys. No. It, do you think, okay. So you would have taken Lockett, Pittman and cooks ahead of Addison. I would have taken Pittman ahead of him. Uh, probably would still take Lockett ahead of him. And there was a third one. Brandon cooks. No, I take him ahead. Of, okay. I get the argument. I mean, Lockett's a loser with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Pittman's a loser with Anthony Richardson. That's what people are going to be thinking. Brandon Cooks, is. we already talked about him. I get it. Heath, can you justify it? Addison in round seven ahead of those three guys. Yes, I would put him ahead of those three guys. And um, I, I think he's going to be a number three wide receiver. I've actually got him just ahead of Mike Williams. All right, let's super fast justify it. James Conner ahead of DeAndre Swift. Heath, can you justify that one? James Conner ahead of DeAndre Swift. Yeah, both of them are going to miss time with injuries, but when James Conner is healthy, he gets to be a full-time running back. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I like it. Uh, James Cook over A.J. Dillon and Samaje Pirine. James Cook, those were three consecutive picks. James Cook to Jacob Gibbs, A.J. Dillon to Marone Berkson, and Jamie took Samaje Pirine, 87th overall. Jamie, can you justify James Cook first in that trio, Cook, Dillon, Pirine? I mean, clearly if he's the lead guy in Buffalo and those other guys are going to be in backup situations, you know, if Javante Williams is healthy, clearly Samaje Pirine doesn't go in that range. A.J. Dillon, we know, is still behind Aaron Jones, and so... You know, I think if you're banking on who's the best running back in Buffalo, you want it to be James Cook. But the fact that they added Damian Williams and Latavius Murray feels like it's going to be another situation of just multiple guys touching the ball in a very frustrating scenario for a guy that 
doesn't necessarily profile as lead running back. Wasn't lead running back in Georgia, for example. So um, will he take that step forward? That's what Jacob Gibbs is hoping for. I think we all would love to see it, but no, I cannot justify James Cook ahead of those guys. Who's your favorite in the that trio? And Damian Harris, by the way, going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, who's your favorite in that group? Damian Williams, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was Cook, Dylan, P. Ryan. Who do you have ranked highest? Uh, right now, I believe I have P. Ryan ranked highest, just with the hope that he's going to have a big role in Denver to start the season. Yeah, I've got Heath? them all within five spots. I've got uh, P. Ryan at seventy-six, Dylan at eighty, and Cook at eighty-one. All right, how about, let's talk about Carolina. Adam Thielen gets drafted in round eight ahead of Jonathan Mingo, who I believe went in round nine, the rookie second-round pick, fifth wide receiver selected in the NFL draft. Just want to make sure I have my rounds right here. But Thielen ahead of Mingo. Base. Oh, no, they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thielen was middle of round eight, and the last pick of round nine was Mingo. Uh, Heath, justify the old man ahead of the rookie. Yeah, he's a veteran, and he's proven it. And no, I would rather have Mingo over Thielen. So I don't agree with that. <laughs> but I mean, there are plenty of question marks about Jonathan Mingo. You can ask how anyone would expect him to beat Adam Thielen when he couldn't beat out the guys um, for more work at Ole Miss last year. Um, so I, I think there's reason, it's justifiable, but I'd rather just go with the young guy because if Thielen hits his upside, I think he's probably like wide receiver 24. Mingo might have a lot more upside than that. Jamie, I'm not going to ask you to justify Chris Olave going ahead of Michael Thomas. I am going to ask you to justify Chris Olave going 66 picks ahead of Michael Thomas. Can you? Is that is that right? Do you think he should be five rounds ahead of Michael Thomas? Five and a half. Uh, I yes, <clears throat> just because we've now seen Michael Thomas just not stay healthy. You know, so you know this is um, hopefully a receiver. <clears throat> excuse me on the rise that's going to have a. You know, huge sophomore campaign. There's a lot to love about what he showed as a rookie and hopefully will continue to show even with, you know, new quarterback. But I think Derek Carr will be better for him than what he had last year. So if Thomas is healthy, it's a steal. Absolute steal. But how can you count on it at this point? All right, last one here. Heath, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, all go undrafted. Justify it. Well, you were not in. You're not there in the draft. AJ was <laughs> drafting for you, and he. We already talked about. It. He doesn't know you very well. He should have taken each of those quarterbacks with your last three picks. Um, and then I chose Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones over those three guys. I think I was the last guy to take a quarterback and took those two guys together. Kyler Murray and who? Daniel Jones. Oh, all right. Just had to make Jones. sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Look, I mean, take your pick of those late round quarterbacks, uh, but in this league. If you're having tr- uh, quarterback issues, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, and Geno Smith are on the waiver wire. Jamie, where are the characters in Disney? How come they don't have characters walking around anymore? Well, they have them like at planned uh, meet and greets. You know, so. yeah. What's that all about? Um, Let's get more characters. They, I mean, you see them walking around when they're going to their spots. I I saw one character in two days. The Magic Kingdom. Also, really like the Aladdin ride. Pretty fun. Yeah, you haven't been there in a while, so the kids enjoy themselves. They had an amazing time. I mean, they, they, more rides, more rides, more rides. Buzz Lightyear was the was the smash hit for my son. Um, we had a great time. We really you did. You just went to Magic Kingdom or any other parks? Magic Kingdom twice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, now that everybody can see your arms in high definition, show show everybody those. <laughs> no, 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 oh, the wow. other side, the hairy side. <laughs> 
Yeah, there they are. Yep, there they are. Yep. Very hard to put suntan lotion on arms see like that. that. Gym membership's paying off. <laughs> Cancel that after two after the two week trial. When we come back, <laughs> when we come back, we got your emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're not done. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We're not done. We are back with some emails. I told you we'd have a 35-minute show. The problem is I don't have a clock in front of me. I have no idea how long it's been. It's been more than that, though, I'm sure. All right. Uh, This is an interesting email from Dominic in Austria. He says, Dear Wolfgang, Arnold, Sigmund, and Christoph, and those are Austrian celebrities. So he has a draft system and wants to know your thoughts on it. This draft order is set differently in each round. Um, according to the following schedule, uh, you make a pick and then you're moved back five spots the next round. So if you have the first overall pick in round one, you will get the sixth pick in round two and the 11th pick in round three. Uh, the player, the person with the first pick in each round drafts a player at a position and then everyone else in that round has to draft the same position. And that's uh, quarterback, running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end, and then flex one, and I think flex two. So basically you're trying to get a positional advantage as well, but um, you know, but you're moving back five, uh, five or six spots, five spots the next round for every round. So he says it's working out great for them. And what do you guys think about that system? I mean, if you enjoy it, go ahead. I would assume one, 101 should be Kelsey, right? Yeah, that's what he was saying. He was, that was one of his questions. If you had 101, would you take Kelsey? Because yeah, I, yeah I mean, the positional advantage. <laughs> okay, so let, let's say I you imagine, had 101. I imagine you got to be your first pick is 12, 12th pick as a tight end. That's just awful. I'm just thinking like the amount of trouble that we have 
getting people to pick at the right time when we're just doing a standard draft where you pick at the same time every round. Imagine how long it would take telling well, people they were on the clock. I do two drafts that are similar to this, but and when I say similar, just because there's there's position requirements. So yeah. we you've you've done this draft before, Heath. It's our office draft, which has ranged from anywhere from 22 teams to 28 teams, I think, depending on how many people join. And so the first round, we have to draft either running backs or quarterbacks. The second round is wide receivers or tight end. I forget how the, the formula goes, but you can only draft those two positions. Then round three is a free-for-all. Um, I guess the only draft. I was going to say the, the 30 deep basketball one we do, but that's also free-for-all. But yeah, it just, it just makes it more complicated. Look, I mean, it's uh, if you have fun doing it that way, go ahead. But yes, I would say Travis Kelsey should be the first pick of the draft. All right, this one's from Anthony. I traded, uh, he wants, wants to know if he gave up too much for Bijan. I traded Rashad White, pick 106, 107, and a 2024 first round pick for 101. So to get Bijan Robinson, he gave up Rashad White, 106, 107, and a 2024 first round pick. It is a super flex dynasty league. He still has 102, 202, and 203. So he can now take Bijan Robinson and the quarterback of his choice. But he gave up Rashad White, 106, 107, and 2024 first round pick. Heath, did he give up too much? I don't think so. Um, definitely not if Bijan hits. But I will say, I kind of think it might be, if it is, it's because it's a super flex league. 106 and 107 are a lot more valuable especially this year in a super flex league than they are in a one quarterback league. But I have sent an offer to uh, our, our rookie draft starts today and I sent an offer to Dan and we're just waiting for Dan to wake up and decide um, what he's going to do because he is on the clock. And I offered him one Oh three, a bunch of third and fourth round picks this year, 2024 first, 2024 second, 2025 first, 2025 second, for Bijan and Mark Andrews. So three firsts, two seconds, and Elijah Moore. Mm. And he's probably. Heath, I forgot to ask you. Uh, I'm doing a startup dynasty league. Do you want in? <laughs> Dave and Jamie are, are pretty much it, I think. Yeah. Dave was on the fence. Dave was like, I don't want to be in a league with the, your friends, was essentially the gist. Oh, is this, for, is this real? This yeah. is 100% real because my dynasty league. I didn't anything. My, <laughs> my dynasty league ended, so I have to restart it and, and be the commissioner. Yes. Yes. I'm in. Oh, cool. All right. All right. I'm um, gonna get that going. I would I would say to answer the question, um, I like the trade. I do agree with Heath. It's a lot to give up in Superflex. The question becomes is and I think you should, but how much do you value how much more do you value Bijan over Jameer Gibbs? Because if there's a run on quarterbacks and a receiver Gibbs may fall to six. I doubt it. Well, he has 102. Remember, he has 102 also. No, no, no. But 102 would be, yeah. you got to take your Richardson. You know, you, you have to, you can't make that mistake in a, in a super flex league. So, yeah. um, I, I, but again, though, if, if you really need running backs, you, you could play it the way you're, you're, you're talking at him. You take Gibbs at 102, and then you might be looking at whoever's left of Stroud or Young at 106 yeah. if, if it falls that way. I doubt it. But again, you might. Um, but in any event, uh, you know, and and this is something Dan should consider. If Dan is giving up Bijan and Mark Andrews, by the way, which is right. insane. Um, but if he's giving up those two players, <laughs> those picks the next couple of years for Heath are going to be late round, late first well, round. Picks. That, like, that was the other part of this equation. This guy has 102, 106, and 107. Which one of those did you earn this year? 
if he was a true 102 roster, then I'm not sure I want to give up that much and a 2024 first to get Bijan because I'm not sure. Considering so 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 considering he has picked 202, I think he probably had the second worst record. But he said the 2024 first round pick that he's giving up is not his own. Oh. All right, but we should move on. Yeah. I, uh, I would I would absolutely make that deal because you know the the. The, the thing that swings it for me is how much do you value Rashad White? Because if Rashad White hits, you know, then you're giving up a lot of first-round capital and potentially, you know, a top-15 running back, you know, to get Bijan yeah. and Richardson. But you are, you know, if you're hitting the reset button, no matter how you're resetting it, to get those two players is a pretty good place to start. Bijan Robinson and Nancy Rich. All right, uh, from Dan, who should I drop from this list? Full PPR, 10-team league. Just drop one player. A.J. Dillon, Javante Williams, Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, Cortland Sutton, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore. Uh, it's between Sutton and Pierce for me. I'd probably drop Sutton. I'd probably drop Pierce. From Sean, PPR League, one-year keeper, round six value, and you, you can only pick one. Ten-team league, four-point per passing touchdown. All right. Pick Jalen Hurts, Garrett Wilson, or Ken Walker. You only keep me one of those. Mm-hmm. And it's well, three receivers. Four points per passing touchdown. Yeah, I wonder does does the four point per passing touchdown actually make Jalen Hurts more valuable relative to other quarterbacks? Yes, but not relative to other positions. Yeah, I'm keeping Wilson. All right, from Cody from the city that is about to have the annual run for the roses. All right, that actually happened. Congratulations to the horse whose name I cannot pronounce. Uh, don't know how it said. Uh, so he's from Louisville, and he needs help with pick 102 in a Superflex League. 101 is going to be Bijan Robinson. Who do I take it to? I need some wide receiver help, but should I take Richardson? He has, here's the thing, <laughs> he has Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and Ryan Tannehill. He has Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. And he has Mark Andrews and some decent running backs, but... Actually, I don't know. I think he could justify taking a running back. He has Damian Pierce, Zeke, Akers, ETN, James Cook, Jeff Wilson. All right, the question, I guess, is Bijan's going to be one. He's got Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and Tannehill. Do you still go with a quarterback in the Superflex League, or do you take a different position? I'm taking the quarterback because that's so much more trade capital. You know, So if you want to try and flip whether Richardson or Lawrence, I'd probably try and flip Richardson, just the unknown, um, for maybe a running back and a quarterback. So I'm, I'm not passing on Richardson. My, I'd probably see if I could, what I receiver I could get for one Oh two. Yeah. And then I'd probably see what I could get to move down to one Oh five or one Oh six. But if I stay at two, I'm taking Richardson. I mean, Tannehill might be gone anyways. You might only have two quarterbacks by the time right. we get to November. Okay. 35 minute show. You're welcome guys. We got the and... numbers right. Three and five, five and three. <laughs> 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 all right uh we'll uh we'll talk to y'all later on wednesday we got another show on thursday we got another show uh wednesday. thank you very much oh dude that's right the dynasty show Duh, i'm sorry i'm really out of it i'm sorry um but uh yeah we'll talk to you tomorrow with East dynasty show on fantasy football today see ya grab your vip pass 
We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.